From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I'm Scott Armstrong, and I'm excited. Again, we are going to be touching on a passage that is so well known, but I know that we have uh, some people in this room that are going to bring a little bit of uh, a different perspective on it, and maybe some testimonies as well. Uh, and, And I need to introduce them to you. We're a podcast that deals with missions and culture and uh, and, and healthy church. And so the people that are going to help us kind of talk through that are to my left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. To her left, Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. And to my right, Dario Richards. Hello. And so we are going to talk about a passage in Philippians. Now, the last two times we've done this, we kind of, every every so often, we do a scripture spotlight. And uh, the spotlight that we're going to shine uh, this time is on Philippians 4, 10 to 13. Oh my goodness. A lot of you right now can quote Philippians 4, 13 right for us. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, but we're going to kind of talk about the context, talk about what this means. Emily, could you start us out and just read those four verses and then we'll dive in. Yeah, I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Starting in verse 10, it says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Oh, there it is. There it is. Pretty famous. We've all taught on it and preached on it. Uh, we've all said it when we were <laughs> when we were about to play a, a big game, right? In, in oh, geez. Sports. I said it when I was getting ready to have a baby for the first time. <laughs> I literally had it printed on a piece of paper in front of me so that yeah. it was like when I was a like, massive contractor, I was like, okay, I'm going to remember this. <laughs> well, and this is funny. We're joking, but like, I think as Christians, well, like we use this, I can do all things through yep. Christ who strengthens me for like anything, a test that we may have or something something else. I think it's probably not awful to do that. Uh, we're trusting in the Lord to get us through some circumstance, but there's a whole lot more happening here. Who would like to kind of start us and, and let us know what, what grabs your attention from this passage? I think I can start us out. I think obviously there's just four relatively short verses, but they're just packed with so much stuff. And I remember uh, the first time that I was writing a sermon about this passage, and I had to do a lot of research, and I really started to think about um, Paul's use of the word, I found this secret of being content. Mm. And um, it's what God showed me when I was researching for that sermon, and it is the word that out of all of this passage continually jumps out to me, because I think there's things of God. I've grown more comfortable in my maturity of my Christian walk, in my relationship with Jesus, understanding who God the Father is, and realizing that it's okay to have mystery that it's okay not to be able to put my finger on just everything and be able to rationalize every single thing about what my relationship looks like. And I think there is a secret to being content. And I think it's something that God has to reveal to us. I think it's something that even though we like we have this desire to learn it and we even have vocabulary of like, I want to be content, that as God continues to reveal it to us, it's something that becomes ours. So for me, um, just to maybe start us out, I think the secret is something that we learn in what Paul is saying in everything. 
like in the hard times and in the good things. Like I'm learning the secret of being content. And um, I just, I just hope that my life is reflective of learning the secret. I think I need to think about this carefully, but I think that it's harder to be content early in your Christian walk as it is to like later in your Christian walk. And I think it has, to me, it has to do with that learning the secret. And once God continually reveals over and over and over again in every single circumstance, I am in control, I am faithful, that that um, contentedness, the spirit of contentedness is ours to share in with him. I like that because... Um, is the fact that contentment isn't circumstantial, right. you know? Hmm. And and I'm thinking about it, you know, the Bible says it, but then I'm also thinking about how difficult it is to retain the same state of being, the same um, means of function and operation, the same mentality, the same peace, whether I have much or I have little, right. you know, is like is like how do you how do you become so consistent in contentment? Um, you know that whether whether things are going extremely well or things are going extremely bad, you know, I remain I remain the same, and that's just it's just so profound to me. Um, you know that you know it's referred to as a as a secret. You know, I think and, I, and throughout this entire passage, you know, it's just this consistent reflection on ideas and I don't know if I, I could just mention it like, earlier before you know like you will have peace that surpasses understanding you wouldn't even be able to comprehend it and it just gives me a, a reminder of that you know it's like in my mind it's like being continuously content in much or little sounds like something I would not be able to understand right. you know it sounds like something supernatural you know mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah that just stood out to me yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what got my attention, it's what I feel like Paul is saying is seek continuously the contentment. And I think it's something we have to develop um, to, to try to progress and to move forward, even though we have any circumstances to try to uh, move forward that situation, um, even though we don't find the contentment. But um, what I'm thinking, like the way maybe we can do it is maybe we can start by stop thinking pessimistic thoughts. Yeah. Like, oh, I will not be able to do it or, oh, that's hard. Mm -hmm. If I shoot down those thoughts, maybe it's a good way to start moving forward to contentment. And it is interesting for me to find um, Paul because his impression and his life turns to a different, like, to the worst by that time. <laughs> I'm laughing because it seems like he didn't even care about that. He was just keep, like, I'm in prison. I'm in prison. <laughs> and he keep, keeps saying, like, uh, seek contentment, seek that, even though in, in the midst of all his situations. And it makes me understand a little bit more than, like, why... Is he saying this? And um, probably I'm thinking because he sells sufficiency is in God. Yeah. And everything he needed, he already had it. So he didn't have to even think about all the situations because God is sufficient for him. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think there are times that we can all 
think about. We, any Christian will have times of uh, need and times of plenty, yeah. right? But especially, we're a podcast that deals with missions a lot. And I think, I'd love to hear from you all, what have been some of those times where it's like, wow, I haven't had a lot. Uh, and what are some of those times where it's been like, I, I've had plenty. I'll give an example. Literally as a missionary, there have been times where like there was one time in rural Guatemala where we were in a place, we had talked with the coordinator that was going to receive us. And, you know, essentially some things fell through and there just was not food when we arrived. And so we ended up uh, staying with a very, uh, you know, a humble family. And all that they had to offer us was a tortilla with some salt. And uh, that was our lunch and our dinner. And I remember they, you know, there were no utensils, of course, not, you don't need it with a tortilla, but like, it's just, there was no uh, chair and you're just sitting on the ground. And, you know, not all, a lot of people think missions is that all the time. Right. That's not <laughs> that all the time. Right. But there are times where you're just like, well, there's not, a lot here. Do you, you remember that, that time also where, uh, we ended up staying for three days and the baths, the, the, if we can call them that was in the river. I mean, it was just, you, you go into the river and that's where you just take your bath, you know? And, and so that's one of those times. Well, there was another time I remember here in the Dominican Republic where, you know, I was asked a few days before this big presentation, if I would translate, well, yeah, I'll translate. That's no problem. Okay. Well, the, uh, there's going to be a representative. It's a presentation from compassionate ministries here in, in the church, of the Nazarene in Dominican Republic. And we're going to be presenting and there will be government officials there and there will be, Oh wait. <laughs> okay. What's my role? Who am I translating for? What am I doing? You know? And I, I ended up being able to go and there was a representative of the uh, first lady that was there taking notes and we're going to report to the first lady on all that was said. I was the voice of this person from England that was presenting all of this on, on, um, child trafficking, uh, human trafficking, uh, children, uh, poverty, all these things. And I'm just, Lord, help me, you know, and this very, I mean, suit, tie, all this thing. And I just thought, you know, a missionary perhaps any Christian, of course, but a missionary certainly needs to be able to adapt to either of those circumstances. Yeah. It's not that our missionary life is all the time in one of those circumstances. No, those are, I'm sharing, of course, some, you know, some polar opposites probably, but we need to be able to adapt. We need to, Paul had moments where he's like, this is the good life, you know, <laughs> I'm feeling good. This is fine, you know? And he had plenty of moments right here. He's writing from a jail cell and things aren't good. But I love what you were saying earlier, Dario. Just the, the word that came to my mind is just steadiness. Yeah. You know, he's just steady and being content is like, man, I mean, we could have the roller coaster going on around us, but my attitude will be the same no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there's an aspect of when Paul's writing this specific passage that speaks to like the upside down kingdom mentality of uh, the way that the world gives is not the way that heaven gives is not the way that the father gives. And um, I think about when Paul, even as we're having this conversation, I think any of us like our natural inclination would be like, well, it's easier to be content in a good situation mm -hmm. and it's hard to be content in a bad situation. I think that's probably what a, 
90% of people would say, right? So you think about people that are just literally suffering. There are people that suffer their whole lives, that never have enough food to put on their table, that never have a job, that are constantly living in the charity of other people. And so when I start thinking about some of those types of mentalities in global situations of like, so how does this verse play into them? I think about Paul's... Um, probably equally famous verse that many of us can say that's found in Second Corinthians. And he's talking again about the strength, right? The strength where it comes from. He says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, the thorn in the flesh. And he said to me, he being God, the Father, Jesus, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, mm -hmm. for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Mm. And I honestly think that Paul is like, you know what? I have this greater dependence on Jesus Christ when I am in a situation where I need Jesus to be Jesus in my life. I am a stronger Christian because his perfect strength is working at me. And I know that we hear and we say all the time that when we have everything that we want, we're never content. That's what right. you hear is somebody that has all they want is always striving for more. There's always more money to make. There's always yeah. a new car to buy. There's always a bigger house to purchase. There's this sense of of not being able to be content when everything's going well. And so I think to me, I'm very challenged mm -hmm. by Paul and thinking through, like he's thinking about where does my strength come from? It doesn't come from what the world tells me gives me strength. In fact, in those times, it's harder to be content. Yeah. It's easier for me to be content when I have nothing, yeah. when I'm sitting in prison, when I've been beaten. And it's like, that is upside down kingdom yep. mentality. <laughs> Lord, please, please help me to have yeah. the vision and the faith and the belief that your grace is sufficient mm -hmm. and that I would even start to say those are actually the times that the sweet communion with Jesus is what I prefer for my life as opposed to what the world would say is the contented yeah, spirit. Man. I think it just highlights, you know, just that last verse of Paul pointing to where his strength comes from. Mm. Mm -hmm. And... Just the idea, you know, I, I can do all things through Christ, you know, because this is my source of strength. Mm -hmm. This is my source of strength, whether it is the strength I need to be content and to survive severe hunger or the source of strength that I need uh, to be content and to sleep in an uncomfortable location, you know, to get through the week. But this is also the strength that I need to be humble, yep. you know, when I have much to mm, not yep. be greedy, yep. you know, this is the strength that I need here as well, that in the midst of abundance and before other people, um, to don't let pride come alive, you know, so, so when I hear this word strength, you know, in a Christian journey, we need strength for different things at different times yeah. and the type of temptations that we face in lack, it don't be the type of temptations we face with much you know <laughs> right. and I like, I, like, I like just you know what what Emily was saying because as I reflect on it some of the most content people I know are poor people yeah. you know they don't have much you know they're just you know it's like they accept this is my portion yes. and you know I'm gonna live with what I have and then you meet people who have you know they, they don't have everything but they can be comfortable, but every time you hear them talk, there's a desire for more. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's this sense of greed and competition. And, you know, and those two people need two different types of strength, yes. you know, to, 
to survive and to be Christ-like in those circumstances. And the strength that you need in either one comes from Jesus. You know, whether it's the strength to survive physical hunger or is the strength to survive, you know, soulish hunger as in greed, that source of strength still comes from Jesus. And I think that just stood out to me, you know, he's the source of strength. Yeah. Well, there is that balance here in verse 13, right? There's the ultimate confidence. I can do all things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, Wait, 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 wait. Seriously? I mean, that's, I almost feel like if I would, if I were to hear that from our kids, I'd be like, don't be so proud. Don't be so arrogant. You know, I can do all things. And it's almost like the, if I just set my mind to it, but then the next part says, but it's only through him. I mean, I don't have any strength without him, you know? And so it's like, there is in the Christian in the Christian walk and in ministry and in missions, there is this element of like we need to be audacious and confident. We absolutely do. We shouldn't be, just be. Uh, well, I'm not really sure. Oh, and uh, well, it, you know, I, 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 if it all works out, and I'll do my best. And like, come on, man, you've got yeah. the Holy Spirit of the of the uh, Almighty God in you and and behind you. You know, <laughs> you should be able to say, I can do all things but man you better be humble because you can do nothing you can do nothing without jesus christ strengthening you you know and we have to carry both the confidence and the humility together as we move forward not minimizing one not emphasizing only one you know and saying no to the other but both of those as we move forward cause us to be like paul serving but also impacting the world yeah Yeah, I think you can apply that confidence, too, of this is one of those verses that you see on prints in people's houses. You see it on mugs. You see it on T-shirts. You just see it everywhere. Like, you see it everywhere. And to me, it's still amazing (laughs) that the same people that are going to drink their coffee out of their mug that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that would say, however, I'm going to sin every single day. Yeah. And praise the Lord for his grace that I am going to just be pulled right out of it whenever I ask. I think like if we could apply this same concept to the holiness that Christ tells us is ours to yeah. be ours, we can be holy as he is holy. We do not have to be chained to sin. We do not have to be commanded by sin. We can have a heart that is fully dedicated to God and His ways and seeking to be content in all of these circumstances. And when we've found the secret and we are content, then we say it's through His strength. And that's what holiness is. That is exactly what holiness is, is saying, I didn't do any of this by myself. And I know it looks backwards to anybody else that doesn't really believe these things. However, I do not have to wake up every morning and just sin. I'm just going to sin because I'm a fallen human being. No, you can do all things, all things. He doesn't say I can do some things. I can do most things. I can do the majority of things. He says I can do all things. So if we can do all things, we for sure can live in the power of the Holy Spirit and not allow sin to have a hold on us. And it sounds like a radical dependence on God, like, like you have to you have to in order to do everything depend on God. Yep. And through that union with him then we can do everything. 
yeah. through him. Yeah. Absolutely. We've kind of journeyed in Phil- in Philippians, uh, you know, through the last times that we've done these scripture spotlights. We will not continue. There's hardly any more of the book to, <laughs> to go through. But I think it's been good. Literally, remember where we've come from. I mean, not even emphasizing the amazing chapters one and two, but uh, many episodes ago, we talked about Paul not putting confidence in his own flesh, you know, and just saying, uh, later, I press on uh, for the prize, you know, I, I'm not I'm not content. It's funny, ironically, right? I'm not just uh, complacent, I should say, uh, to just be like, yeah, things have gone well. Uh, you know, I, I'll just uh, live out the rest of my days comfortably, you know? He says, I'm pressing on. There's still more to do. Uh, and then we got into the, the, the place several episodes ago where we talked about Philippians 4. Don't be anxious. Rejoice, you know? And even if there's conflict and let the peace of Christ, as you mentioned, Dario, uh, rule in your lives, uh, you know, it passes all understanding. These are good words as we think about all that is admirable, all that is, this all goes together. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, mm-hmm. of course, but it's also through our attitude, the renewing of our minds, mm-hmm. uh, of us saying, we're not going to focus on the circumstantial. As many of you have already said, we will focus on on all of that, whatever is admirable, uh, trustworthy, praiseworthy, and we will focus on Christ who is within us. Mm-hmm. Emily, you just said it. Uh, I mean, good grief. He gives us his power, his very power and his very spirit, his presence to help us to live differently. Amen. Well, with that said, uh, Emily, I mean, there may be other people that say, oh man, this has been my life verse. I'd like to, you know, give a testimony or I'd like to, you know, maybe give an opinion on, on what I see in this chapter. Where can they contact us? You can find us online in the social networks, mostly Facebook. You can leave a message and you can find that at the Worthless Servants podcast. You can also find us at mesoamericagenesis.org where you can find a catalog of all of these episodes, especially if you like the scripture spotlights. You can look for it specifically to filter by scripture spotlight and you can listen to your heart's content. Yeah, yeah. We normally go... Old Testament to New Testament, but we decided the last three times that we did this, we're going to really focus on on Philippians, and I'm glad we did. Well, this is great. Uh, We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. Dario Richards. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Emily Armstrong. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.